When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This shit got content claimed for having a shitty named song. So fuck LCDC and fuck you. It's Thursday, you know what that means. It is episode 66 of the most exhausted show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host, Salas here. What's up, buddy? Hello, AEW Universe. Hello, all of our new fans on Anchor. And thank you. Thank you for listening to the AEW Rundown. My name is Sal. I am your co-host. And tonight, we are live on Twitch. I almost said Switch. You were so so close with your kind of quasi-radio voice, whatever the fuck that was that you were doing. I was. I was close to sounding like a professional Uh, for once. Trying to to impress our anchor friends? Trying Trying to impress our anchor babies? We, we may have new listeners. I'm trying to impress everybody. This is the show where we talk about AEW. Mm-hmm. However, yes, we are live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the souls effect. Come hang out. Say hi. Give me a follow. It'll be great. It'll be great. I do want to mention that, <laughs> that we. Astra says the person on Switch was not impressed. <laughs> um, I would also like to mention for any AEW fans, we, we are old long tenured wrestling fans who um are a little bit cynical and uh we definitely don't kiss ass so if you're looking for the aw stan podcast where everything that cody does is great and you just want to goggle gobble up jericho's nuts uh i direct you to other things this was not the show for that we gonna tell it like it is goggling jericho's nuts yeah go find alvarez for that um yeah you say a little bit cynical. That's cute. Uh, Power positivity. Holding in the chat says, Breaking news, Topanga from Boy Meets World is all elite. She's going at FTR on Twitter as if we needed another reason to love her. I, just, I was just reading this. She did an interview talking about how she got into wrestling. And, uh, Topanga? Yeah. Uh, uh, Danielle Fisher. I know, I know who I, she is. I just official. can't believe she's a... Official. Official. I can't believe she's a wrestling fan. It's who because... Knew? It's because of uh, Boy Meets World episodes. Oh, Vader. That's, that's how she got into it. Because he showed up. And he was like, ooh, what time? What time? <laughs> Holden's giving us song lyrics now. Well, I'm a twitcher. I'm a switcher. Then I'll listen to Stitcher. Mother bitcher. <laughs> Just a podcast on the run. Nice. How was your week there, buddy? I, I don't think he meant it as a song, but it works for me. Uh, my week was okay. I, Monday was a bit uh, chaotic. You went to Tuesday. chaotic show? Nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> Monday, uh, Monday was the universe just kicking me in the dick repeatedly. <laughs> but Tuesday was all right. Tuesday's Tuesday is when you uh, did the Lego build. 
Tuesday I built Legos. That was a phenomenal build. I mean, you didn't even finish, but I looked at that yeah. thing like. Oh. I still got. I still got. I still got three bag fours left. Oh wow! I liked it though. That was good shit. Um, yeah, I built like I got the moon, and the bottom half of the the Apollo Eleven lunar lander, and then we'll do bag four on uh, Monday, and then play something probably. Nice. Um, I had a good week. It was, it was, uh, you know, it, it started getting a little bit better, I would say, on Wednesday morning. And then right around noon, uh, everything just felt okay again. <laughs> I see what you did there. Speaking of which, took me way too fucking long to figure out what you said on, um, on Wednesday morning with the temperature. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just hit me and I'm like, Oh, that's what he meant. Um, yes, I made I made that joke in in the host thread on my Facebook and I think on a Discord or two. I stole it from someone, but I said if you go out today, be sure to bundle up because it's going to be minus forty five out. Nice. Well, bam. Well, bam. All right. <laughs> Hold it. Says everyone loves Legos. Meanwhile, Connects wants to know if you're going to finish that sandwich. <laughs> Shall I we had think? connects. I had an I had an erector set too. Did you? I used to it see did. them in the store, but I didn't. Uh, I, didn't I fuck built a I built a Ferris wheel. Oh, that's fancy. So, shall we begin oh. with being the elite? I suppose I should probably silence my phone. Episode two thirty nine, entitled "What Many, Many, Many Americans Felt the Past Four Years." I forgot to write down the title. Duped. The title is duped. Okay. (laughs) I've been duped! Thank you. We begin with the clip from Dynamite showing Don Callis and Omega pulling one over on the Young Bucks. To be fair, I watched this at like 12.30 last night. Or this morning, I guess. Oh, BCE? Okay. Well, this this part was nothing but recap from the end of Dynamite last week, or the beginning of the main event, I suppose. We then see the Bucks backstage, very pissed off, giving the double birds to um, the Full of It Club. See what I did there? So, so edgy. Afterwards, the Bucks find Kenny in the club and confront them. Kenny swears on everything holy that he had no idea this was going to happen. Oh, God. Matt points out how convenient it was that Gallows and Anderson were already in their gear. And they try to bullshit the Bucks and say they were just passing through. Just trying to get a payday, bro. You know how it is. Come on, brother. We, th- we thought Impact was taping in Orlando again. <sighs> Kenny then indirectly blames Don Callis, which will lead to a whole mess of shit that we'll get to in a little bit. He also tries to say it's not Don Callis' fault because Don Callis doesn't know how good of friends the Bucks are with Kenny. Uh, Matt Jackson's like, don't fucking worry about it. Don't don't even worry about it. Don't. Oh, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Uh, the Bucks are still pissed, but they give them the benefit of the doubt, at least to their face. And the second they walk away, Nick says, do you think it was planned? And Matt responds, oh, absolutely. So at least the Bucks aren't super dumb. <laughs> How long must this segment go on? 
Shut the fuck up, all of you. <laughs> Good God. Title sequence. Ba, 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 ba. I haven't done that in like three months. <laughs> okay. Oops. Hmm. We then go to the Bullet Club with the Bullet Club? I don't know why I wrote that there. Oh, no, I know. Okay. I said that um, there's no honor among thieves. And honestly, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Gallows and Anderson deserve each other. Smile to their face and conspire behind their backs. We begin with a signed cutout of Nick Jackson from a Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars home game. And backstage, someone, someone asked Matt to sign his cutout. And Matt signs it while not looking at the cutout and then says, it's back. Which I assume means the no-look signature? No idea. I'm sure it was on BTE 45 or something like that. <laughs> Holden says, can we all just acknowledge the fact that I 100% correctly predicted that Omega Callus and the Good Brothers were behind the attack on Moxley months ago? I'm not usually good at predictions, but in this case, I have the big old PP button. Holden, could you please explain what you mean by big old PP button? Because <laughs> I'm a little confused. Yeah, that was a weird... That was a, Why did we need to watch Matt Jackson autograph a picture of himself? I don't know. Um, yes, I will give Holden all the credit in the world. He predicted that the Good Brothers were the ones that attacked Moxley. That's just confirmed that Holden works for Impact. So he's part of Don Callis' little uh, inner circle, as it were. Uh, the invisible hand to the invisible hand, as, as one might say. So then, on BTE, we go to the Dark Order clubhouse, lounge, you know, you know, lair. You know, what you, get, you know what you get when you work in Impact Show? What's up? The hot dog and the invisible handshake. <laughs> uh, yes, that is fair. Time for the good part of the show. So we go to the Dark Order. Is it clubhouse, is it lounge, or is it lair? It's got to be one of them, right? Whichever. We'll go with the clubhouse tonight. Stu Grayson is on the phone trying to order, and I quote, a real horse made out of chocolate. He then tells the person he's on the phone with, no, 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 you can't take a horse and just dip them in chocolate. That's not what I'm asking for. I want a horse that is 99% of its DNA chocolate. That's not how horses work. But anyway, <laughs> Ibaluno tries to rally the troops to get prepared for the post-celebration of Adam Page joining the Dark Order. More on that later. Uno is ordering an inflatable castle like the one he had at his fourth birthday. He does not remember this, but he saw pictures and he says it looks real cool. Uno, Uno with the line, the line of the night. Just like my fourth birthday, which I do not remember, but I've seen pictures of it. <laughs> Alex Reynolds says he got real mermaids, so I can't wait till next week when Statlander is in a mermaid costume. So manatees? And Uno asks if he got Pacific or Atlantic mermaids. Uh, Alex is extremely insulted at the question. Doesn't Uno know that Atlantic mermaids are his life? I mean, I think it's a fair question. Colt got, um... Paper goods. 
That's what he'll bring to the party, like plates and napkins. Uh, also soda. He says he'll bring the soda. He mentions that he will bring the Coke, to which Ten cuts him off and says, no, 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 I'll bring the Coke. I got the Coke. It's okay. Olin says if he worked for Impact, he'd be throwing money around like no one's business because he'd be a thousand there. He's good. I'm not reading. I'm not reading the next one. Uh, Astro says it's time for wine. <laughs> you gotta read it now. I you you read it then. I'm okay, fine. <laughs> Holden says I ate a chocolate horse once, choked on the nuts. My nap, my my nap, my. All right. Now five, they ask five, what what is he gonna bring to the party, right? Adam, I feel like you're frozen. Are you there? You're frozen. No, I'm not frozen. You're frozen on my screen. Well, well you're frozen on my screen. How do you like that? All right, we'll we'll work with it. We'll we'll fix it in post. So five says he was thinking of. Cowboy boots made of bacon. They all call him out for being a hypocrite because he is wearing an I hate bacon tank top. And then five with the line of the night says he doesn't actually hate bacon. They just have a toxic fan base. Yeah. Which, like, is everybody's reason for why they hate AEW. I don't actually hate AEW. I just hate their fans. I, I don't know. I died. I died it was laughing. So, it was so out of left field. Speaking of out of left field, do you realize you've been kicked off of Twitch? Yeah, I did. I just did that. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Trying to unfreeze thing. They tell him to fuck off. Oh, fuck off, five. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, Silver does the Anna bit. Anna? Anna? What are you bringing? Anna? 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 <laughs> to which Anna almost starts laughing. Yes, but Anna says, I got nothing. Way to put in the effort, Anna. You know, it's her fault. Okay, what we're going to talk about later on Dynamite? Her fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Silver says he was thinking of getting a huge, crazy banner with hot cheerleaders who come out and dance like, well, apparently you're drunk, Uncle, at your wedding. <laughs> Are those John Silver's best dance moves? If so, I'm scared. <laughs> Hangman shows up and says, hey, what are you guys up to? Not wanting to spoil the surprise, they immediately yell at him to get the fuck out of here! Based, based on what I know about Hangman Page, he's probably just standing against the wall. If so, behind a curtain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, Uno says, in two days, it's going to be fantastic. Which, I mean, this came out on Monday. Oh, he's talking about something else. Never mind. Um, he says... It was another reference to the inauguration. Oh, that's so He says, claws up! And everybody puts their hand in the center and up in the air. Even Anna joins from her perch. You see that? She reached over and she was like... 
Y'all could see the face that Sal was just making. You, uh, I strongly suggest you need to watch Anna in the background during these segments because she's constantly making weird faces. Yeah. All right, next, Cutler is walking down the hallway when Allie passes him. She's super nice to his face, but aggressively flips him off behind his back. Why? Because fuck Cutler, that's why. Mm. Yeah. Then we go to Matt Hardy, who gets confronted by Private Party. They yell at him for yelling at them, so he yells at them for calling him a carny. I mean, he is. Hardy tells them to do what he says and tells them to win their match tomorrow night on Dark by any means necessary. He then repeats himself six times and leaves. This recap of BT is interrupted by Flash Dark results. On this week's episode of Dark, Private Party defeated Aaron Solo and Lee Johnson after Matt Hardy punched Aaron Solo in the face behind the ref's back. I don't know why they desperately needed to beat Aaron Solo and Lee Johnson, but they did. So mission accomplished, I guess? Something like that. Back to BTE, when Statlander is logging her previous test subject to her Apple Watch. Statlander says it was a failure as a subject because he was too big, or it was too big. Uh, she decides to try her luck with his partner and abducts Brian Pillman Jr. So her experiment is anal? I'm just saying. No, now you're not going to make the noise? Oh, I thought you were going to do it. All right. All right. Let's see here. Uh, next, Avalon runs into Leave a Bates backstage. It's super awkward. Yeah. They do yeah. that awkward handshake hug routine and then nervously leave in opposite directions look i'm sorry but they're better off without each other all right with each other they were a couple of loses and without each other they have been both been on winning streaks fuck avalon got a match on dynamite like I'm sorry it's just it was never meant to be okay we then go to what appears to be a boiler room at daily's place where Pillman Jr. has been captured by Statlander. She needs him to read and tells him to read it out loud, and Pillman does and says, I'm Sofa King Stupid. I'm so fucking stupid. He gets pissed, and Statlander tells him to, Fine, get out. Go. You're all up in my spaceship. In fact, you're all up in my ass, Troid. Told you it was anal. Untie me. You're not even tied up. <laughs> Unfortunately, Statlander now has to search for another test subject. Aliens. Luchasaurus is in the old training room and complains about the Bucks taking it over. So now he's going to take a soda from the Bucks fridge. Because that's how that'll, revenge works. <laughs> that'll show him. That'll teach him. But who should show up but Brandon fucking Cutler? 
they jarred each other in preparation for the match tomorrow night. This recap of BTE is interrupted by Flash Dark Results. On this week's episode, Luchasaurus defeated Brandon Cutler in a five-minute match. Back to BTE. Can you, can you breathe more on your mic when you do that? <clears throat> we go to Kip Sabian, who was approached by Leva Bates. She finally comes clean and says... She let Kip win that one time. He doesn't believe it. He refuses to believe it. So he challenges her to one more match. What is he, Christian? Apparently. Um, she asks what game, and, and he hasn't even figured that out yet, but she's like, whatever. So I'm expecting them to play like Mortal Kombat or something. Like there's going to be a game. <laughs> Uh, we go to John Silver. John Silver, I love it. It's always super awkward on these, it's so, on these opens. It's so great. It's so great. Uh, hi, my name is John, and, and I, I am Belt. <laughs> I, I, I have the belt. I, I'm, I'm the champ. Sal, mm-hmm. you can't drink milk about it. No. Uh, tonight they're playing beer pong with soda bottle caps. Lame. I love that it was the same explanation as last week because you know they recorded it right in a row. Yeah. Because Cutler didn't want to wait till tomorrow to go get pong balls. Yeah, it's Cutler's fault, and I wrote because he sucks at life. It's fucking true. Not surprisingly, this game sucks because the caps don't bounce. Okay, this is you can't play fucking beer pong like this. This is this is atrocious, is what it is. Okay. I'm offended. Silver wins. Alice kisses him on the forehead. John Silver will now be known as Bottle Boy. Not even Bottle Cat Boy, just Bottle for, Boy. For for reasons unknown. Uh, <laughs> the uh the, the peanut gallery. Yes. Just losing their shit. Giggling over uh, first mud just made just made me incredibly happy. That was funny. Also, Chuck was there. Yeah, but he's supposed to be a butler. Depending on when this recorded, it might have been <laughs> recorded pre-dynamite. Wasn't it like four o'clock in the morning? Anyway. Yeah, but in the Uno segment, it was real time. So uh, that's true. And then we go back to the box. They're getting to they're getting ready to leave Daly's place when Matt Hardy shows up. They complain about the key not working, which Matt Hardy says, "Of course it doesn't work. He had the locks changed." If they want to go in and out of the room, they need to talk to Matt Hardy to open the door. Hardy then sticks his hand out, and the Bucks try to shake it. Hardy then uses hand sanitizer and says, "No, he was looking for for money." Because that's what Matt Hardy do. Matt Hardy's always looking for money these days. Uh, he cons the Bucks out of $1,000 because he's a fucking piece of shit. And says that's going to be the payment per week. And the Bucks are like, yikes. They ponder if they're dumb. But then they agree it doesn't matter because they're millionaires. I mean, if they want to pour money down the drain... I invite the Bucks to become members on Patreon for the rundown. 
Come on, Matt Nick, if you want to throw money around, we're here to take it. So Isaiah Cassidy pokes his head in the room, and Matt says something to him, and Isaiah Cassidy leaves, and Matt goes, these guys are so dumb. I did chuckle at that. Uh, it's the first time I've enjoyed anything Matt Hardy's done in months. Um, I wrote, nothing says babyface like bragging about how much money you have. <laughs> and at the end, we got a mega reference, so. We did. Well, because Matt Matt Jackson's like, Matt Hardy's like, you signed the contract, you signed the contract. Matt Jackson's like, I think I signed a blank piece of paper. Might have been a napkin. How would he know? Because they kept flashing back and he was signing it while staring into the camera. It looks yeah, like he signed his stupid true. fucking standee thing. That's true. Um, I will admit, I laughed after they shook Matt Hardy's hand and then he just, without even looking at it, he just uses the hand sanitizer. And he's like, nope, I didn't want to shake your hand. <laughs> that was decent. Uh, so that was BTE this week. Sure was. Yeah. This Statlander thing has me slightly intrigued, unless it's full of innuendo. Also, I am very excited to see what happens with the Dark Order now. Like, going forward. I don't know if excited is the right word. More like intrigued. Where does the Dark Order go from here? I can already tell you there's going to be a half-eaten chocolate horse in next week's BTE episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of the Dark Order, uh, let's have a nice little chat about Dynamite, shall we? Chitty. Chitty chatty. Yeah. Chittily chattily. It is episode 69 of Dynamite. Up top, my brother. Straight to the opening video, JR welcomes us to Jacksonville. We open with a dark order. There's a table and a birthday cake on the stage because we are celebrating Negative One's birthday. He comes out riding Ten's shoulders because he's wearing Brody's jacket. Nice. And we go back to him cutting a promo on Luther on Dark. Anna and Stu light the candles as the crowd chants happy birthday. Silver has a microphone. He says, tonight is a very special night. First of all, the Dark Order is about to get a new member in Adam Page. Plus, it's somebody's birthday. Silver asks the crowd to sing happy birthday to Brody, and they do. This brings out Chaos Project or Theory or whatever the fuck they're called. Luther talks shit about a child. Luther goes full schoolyard argument, and it's fucking terrible. The Dark Order attack, then TH2 run out, and there's a brawl. Hangman Page appears, leaps off the stage, almost not getting caught by the assembled mob of wrestlers at ringside. And then the eight-man tag begins. Silver, Reynolds, Colton, Hangman versus CP2. Before we get into the actual match, I do have a couple of comments. Okay, so, I, I do think it's very nice that they did a nice little birthday party for, for Brody Jr. Um, although, apparently it's not even his birthday, according to Brody Jr. We'll get to that. Yes, we will. Um, here's the thing. That's That's great. Maybe maybe kind of ease up on it going forward. Like, obviously the tribute show was the tribute show, and, and they, did, they did that very well. Um, but I have no interest in second-grade promo battles. Mm -hmm. That's what we got with Luther. Because the problem with having Brody Jr. on camera is you need something for him to do or interact or say. You know what I mean? And I don't... 
I'm kind of past that point in my wrestling fandom that I want to listen to uh, 10-year-old kids having promos with each other. I mean, I enjoyed that when I was 10 years old. <laughs> and and we would uh, have comeback contests and stuff. But uh, no, this, mm, I'm, I'm kind of done with that. Mm-hmm. Tony complains that they didn't even get to have cake before the match began. Because Tony's right a fat ass and he loves cake. <laughs> Who doesn't love cake? Cake's great. I love cake and I'm a fat ass, so there you go. Uh, as Luther and Angelico kind of double team Silver, Angelico didn't seem to consent to the double teaming before Luther bulldogged him onto Silver. Uh, Serpentico in now, finally Silver fighting someone his own height. Silver snake eyes his Serpentico onto the top buckle and he no sells it. Silver tags and Hangman and Hangman beats up everyone. Uh, Hangman gets three clotheslines in three corners, but then he gets super kicked by Serpentico. Serpentico leaps, gets caught and slammed, but the pin is broken up at two. We get a parade of offenses, and Helico gets sent over the barricade into the negative family. Uh, Hangman hits that big moonsault as JR continues to complain about needing a hoodie. Page almost fails at backpacking Silver and Reynolds onto Serpentico, and Colt gets a two on the cover. Bullshit. That triple senton by Hangman with the dark beavers on his back didn't really work. Is my note that that mm-hmm. was he like f- just kind of fell. He was like, ah, yeah. Serpentico with a quick kick and a DDT. Evans 450s Reynolds's shins and this gets a two count outside page power bombs. Evans onto Angelico, who is still sitting with the family on the stage. Luther almost gets slammed into the cake and has to roll into it to make a proper mess. In the ring, we get a with the stunner German lariat and Serpentico is pinned for three. Okay. The match is sloppy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the problem. And I give them credit for trying some innovative stuff, but the more people you add to a match, the more sloppy it's going to get. Um, and uh, I, t- I did like the triple team finish at the end. We got the stunner... I like that it actually got the finish this time. Yes, because if they, if they kicked out, I would have been kind of annoyed. But no, what was it? The stunner into the German suplex into the buckshot. Uh, yeah, he held the he held the German he held the waist lock and then the buckshot sent him back him into out, the yeah. German kind of. And then the jackknife cover. I like that. That was nice. Right. Um, that if they had a trios title, I would totally be there for Hangman and Silver and Reynolds to carry the trio's title. Fortunately, fortunately, yeah, go ahead. Luther is mad. The victors celebrate. We get replays. Serpentico then gets kendoed in the face by Brody for trying to ruin his birthday. Brody says his birthday was three days ago, you idiots. And then he papers Serpentico. We get the claw. Brody and Ten leaves. Silver fanboys over Page, and it's time for his decision. I will say I did pop for the papers. (laughs) Yeah. Now, last week, Sal, you said you 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 gave me some shit for guess for 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 thinking that that Paige would say no. I'm just I just want to remind you of that before we continue. Here. I hate to bring up the tape, but you know I feel like if we listen back, you were pretty adamant that Paige was going to say no. It wasn't even like a possibility. It's like, oh, we're going to see Paige's decision, which he's obviously going to say no to next week. And all I did was bring up a point of of contention. Like, maybe, maybe he joins. Silver gets down on one knee to ask Hangman to join the Dark Order. (laughs) Uh, Hangman says 
he can't. But they put the celebratory graphics up and start playing the music anyway and shoot off the the uh, confetti. That's what I was looking for. Uh, some creepers come out in sombreros for some reason. They are quickly shooed away. <laughs> Hangman says he tried to put this off as long as he could. He's had fun hanging out with them, but he's done the group thing before, and it just didn't work for him. He apologizes, takes the whiskey from Stu anyway, and leaves. I enjoyed Stu trying to sweep the confetti off the stage with his foot. I I enjoyed how this played out. I like that they just started playing the music and they did all did all the happy stuff. And Paige said no. Uh, yeah. Um. It was it was very very funny when when Silver proposed to uh to Hangman and then flashing on the Titan drawn is is. Uh, he said yes. He said yes, and, you, <laughs> and I'm like, you might want to cut that. That was that was good. Um, it, it's fine. There, there what? So, you remember when Daniel Bryan was? He was a heel, and he was dealing with AJ Lee and CM Punk and and Kane, and then all of a sudden he got in into anger management. And then that's what what was the birth of Team Hell No, and it actually helped get Daniel Bryan even more over, right? That's kind of what I was hoping for Hangman, is maybe he can run with the Dark Order for a couple months, and and it'll be fun and and this that, and the other thing, and then he can propel to the main event. Um, obviously he doesn't need that. He doesn't need the Dark Order to be over. He he can be over by himself. Uh, but given what happened, you know, in real life with, with Brody Lee, that would have been kind of fun if Hangman joined the Dark Order. Sadly, now I question what their role will be going forward. Because <laughs> you said last week, if he says no, does that make him a heel? And if he was like, no, I don't want to fucking join the Dark Order, that would have made him a heel. But he did it in such a respectable babyface way that it it worked it kept them both and they didn't beat the shit out of them too which is what i thought they were gonna do if you said i feel no. like this is i feel like this is continuing no i think we're done here <laughs> then i gotta keep trying to convince him maybe down the road but and eventually he says yes you don't uh usually when you propose to someone you don't ask them a second time <laughs> all right uh... I hope the horse wasn't expensive. To commentary, we go to run down tonight's card. The Inner Circle Tag Team Challenge. John Moxley in action. Penelope Ford takes on Layla Hurst. Side Allen Topflight versus Hardy Party. Cody Rhodes versus Pretty Peter Avalon for some goddamn reason. And Sting congratulates the TNT champion Darby Allen. Timely. What does Sting do now in in wrestling? Sting, what does he do? He, um, He congratulates... To Marvez we go. He's with Jericho and MJF. He asks them about the challenge. MJF tells him to stop talking because his breath, and I quote, smells worse than rats having an orgy in a running microwave. Awesome. Not bad. Not bad. MJF asks Chris about dissension in the inner circle. Jericho is not concerned. Besides, he's sure they're going to win. Max is sure, too. Marvez stares blankly into the camera, and we go to break. Did you catch that? Yep. Jericho and MJF stop talking, and I think leave... And Marvez is just like, <laughs> when we return, Tony's in the ring. He reminds us that Darby retained his title last week. He then brings out Sting. Sting is wearing the Brody Lee t-shirt because he's a dumbass, stupid-ass, fuck-ass, mark-ass dipshit. 
Come on. It's just, come on. It's Kaz and Cutler, because Cutler was where... Never mind. Stupid-ass, dumb-ass Mark. Uh, Tony then brings out Darby. Tony gives Sting the floor. Sting says there's something about Darby that reminds him of him, and he likes that. That's not what he said. He said, well, son, I'm sorry I left you back in 2001 when I told you I was going to get a pack of cigarettes. But I'm back. I'm on TNT now. I know a couple of years ago you saw me on that other channel, but now I'm back on TNT. Please forgive me. He wants to be the first to publicly congratulate Darby for being the TNT champion. Because that's a thing. It's been weeks. <laughs> Since he won the belt? Yes. Yes. It's been practically months, I believe. It was, uh, yeah, it was full gear. November. Sting says he didn't interfere. He just wanted to make sure things were fair. Uh, this brings Taz to the big screen to call bullshit. Sting had a bat. Darby used his belt, and that's not fair. He talks about Street Fighter. Ricky says he's Blanca Cage's guy. Will Hobbs is that boxer guy. And Hook is one of those background characters that cheers you on. <laughs> His name is uh, Balrog. It's fine. Uh, okay, not really. But he basically challenges them to a street fight and then disappears. Darby takes the mic, looks weirdly into the hard cam to tell them, be careful what you wish for. And then they leave. Snow. Sting. Leave. I wrote Super <laughs> Street Fighter 2, Taz Turbo, and a half pipe? <laughs> Taz Turbo. <laughs> uh, back to break we go. Well, it's official. Announced on AEW Twitter today. At Revolution, Street Fight, Sting and Darby versus Cage and Starks. I was kind of hoping it was going to be Cage, Starks, and Hobbs versus Sting, Darby, and Cody. So that, <laughs> so that he stays in that little wheelhouse and we don't have to see him do anything else. But, um... Because I have a bad feeling we're going to get Shaq versus Cody. Or even worse, Jade versus Cody. But <laughs> this thing, this heel manager character that Taz is trying to portray is conflicting with him trying to say that he's from the streets. Because he sounded like a whiny fucking bitch when he, was, when he started the promo. When he was like, you heard... You hit uh, Ricky Starks with a baseball bat. Darby, you use your belt on big old Brian Cage. That's not fair. And I'm like, ugh. Ugh, what are you, Jimmy Cornette? Get out. Ugh. You can't be Jimmy Cornette and Taz at the same time. It just doesn't fucking work. <laughs> also, I... Of course it's a street fight, and, and of course they kept saying they're going to take it to the streets, because there's no way Sting gets in the ring and takes a bump, because he'll fucking die, like he did that time he got powerbombed by Seth Rollins. So, um, they're going to have to shoot around, and they're going to have to be... I wonder if they're even going to have Sting, or they're going to have a CGI version of Sting. Wow, be a... Sting looks 30 years young. Is that from Nitro 98? <laughs> got like the wolf pack shirt on it's gonna be cobra <laughs> when we when we return we get a recap of britain thunder rosa as we promote their match at beach blast in two weeks earlier today there was a meeting of the elite let's go watch that marvez accosts the young bucks as they walk upstairs the bucks invite them to follow since he's already there apparently uh miro isn't the only one with a butler as nakazawa appears in an elevator and walks them in telling them kenny will be there shortly they find an absolutely gross painting of Kenny and Don shirtless in jeans, both ripped as shit. 
Callus appears, says it was a birthday present. They tell him Kenny's birthday is in October. Callus says it's never too early. He says Kenny's not going to be there today. It's his fucking house. Uh, says he had to change his phone number. Callus makes Nakazawa take Marvez and the camera guy to the dungeon. Creepy. Uh, he makes the camera guy leave the camera, make sure to put it down pointing at them without turning it off, and says they have privacy now. Okay. Uh, Callus then tries to pay the Bucks to go the fuck away. The Bucks aren't having it. Unfortunately, they're still standing in front of that goddamn painting. Uh, Callus says the Bucks were great friends, but now they're holding Kenny back. They make a jab at impact, then throw the checks in his face. They intimate that the Bucks are going to beat Don up. He screams back to the camera, and we go back to the ring. Okay, so a couple things about this. Um, let's start, first of all, the Bucks show up at Kenny's house, and Nakazawa has to let them in, knowing damn well that Kenny's not there. Why wasn't he just like, Kenny's not here, man? <laughs> then, you said, you mentioned the oil painting, is the appropriate response. Um, Don Callis, he does a fair to midland Paul Heyman impression. <laughs> not as good. Not anywhere near it. But um, that's kind of what I, the vibe I got was he was trying to trying to be Paul Heyman. The advocate Paul Heyman. Um, but listen, Cyrus the Virus was never that great at acting, so it came off a little bit trite. And um, the idea of paying off the box who, by the way, on BT just said they were millionaires. This is dumb as fuck. <laughs> so, but we got, but we got a cheap impact joke. We got, a, we're gonna get a lot of cheap impact jokes. A lot of which are gonna go over people's heads. Like the Bucks were like, "Well, we were there uh, years ago, and if it's anything like it was before, then these checks are trash, and they're just gonna bounce." And it's like, ha ha, ha 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 ha. It was. <laughs> Nobody, this has been proven, 90% of, of the AEW fans are not tuning in to, to, to Impact. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Although, although, we are seeing more people from AEW show up on Impact, and by proxy, we might see more people from Impact show up on AEW. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I gave up on Impact years ago. They have Zack Ryder there now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Match number two. Pretty Peter Avalon. I hate it. Versus... The American Nightmare, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, the soon-to-be father of a son who is the great-grandson of a plumber, Cody Rhodes! Cody comes out, and I will say this right now, on the record. For two years, the one constant thing I enjoyed about Cody was his entrance music, and now he fucked that up. <laughs> Yeah, Cody's back to his old shit, except that blood's pink now instead of red. But his his music is different now. It's like yeah, it's, remix it's with the, Snoop Dogg and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's trash. I hate it. 
the commentators then jizz themselves talking about Cody gaining 19 pounds of muscle. It wasn't just Shivani. JR was all about it, too. I have a note. <laughs> JR says, the kid's like a superhero around here. Glad JR will say whatever's written down for him. No, 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 no. The son of Dusty, I, I believe JR actually does feel like that. He hates all the luchadors and the flippy shit, but Cody, yeah, JR's on his knees for Cody. Wouldn't doubt it for a second. <laughs> the bell rings and Cody hits a crossroads. I immediately fear that Adam's going to get very mad at me tonight. However, Cody then wastes time so Jade can eventually show up. What the fuck was that? He, like, sold or, like, po- I don't know, postulated for, like, a good ten seconds before Jade's music hit? Weird. Uh, they jarred each other. Huh? Who cares? They jarred each other while Jade hangs back on the stage. This allows Peter Avalon to punt Cody in the nuts. <laughs> it wasn't, he, he didn't even like, it wasn't even like a, just like a knee that was like hidden. No, he was just like straight up, whoosh, like Rojambeau style. Avalon then actually works over Cody's knee. Why is Avalon getting offense? <laughs> Avalon chops Cody in the corner, but Cody reverses it and chops back. Chody, uh, Chody, Cody, <laughs> Cody goes for a punch to the mouth, but Avalon covers up because he's a little bitch. No, you're not going to do it. Cody drops down and hits him with the dust and uppercut. Avalon comes back and hits a superplex on Cody. Cody rolls to the outside and Avalon and, and sells it in the most bizarre way possible. Cody or Avalon? No, Avalon. When he hit the superplex, arching like he he throws the superplex and then he lays on the canvas like arching his back and making this really fucking weird face. Yeah. Cody rolls to the outside and Avalon goes out after him. They brawl and then back in the ring, Avalon hits a standing vertical suplex on Cody. Avalon floats over and covers for a half of a one count. That one count, by the way, more counting by Bryce Remsburg than the entire time they were outside of the ring. Listen, in AEW, they don't enforce disqualifications or countouts. They're not really rules. They're more like guidelines. <laughs> they don't enforce tag rules either. More on that later. Uh, the two clothesline each other, and both men are down. They fight to their feet as we go to the world famous, most famous in the history of ever, Box and Box. It's so much more famous than the one they have on USA. <laughs> 43 minutes before Box this week. Yay. Oh, and it's also more famous than that one they have on Fox. I'm is it barbecue and is it still barbecue infested? Because infested is the right word. Not here for that. <laughs> During box, Avalon locks, Co- locks Cody in a half crab that doesn't look like it hurts. <laughs> Back from break, and Cody tries a leapfrog, but Avalon collides with his balls. Cody then sells his knee because apparently he strained his knee during that exchange. I'm not I wrong. Into the right? 
I wrote into the Robson, they botch a leapfrog on purpose to sell Cody's name. Yeah, but that's the thing. It looked like Avalon fucking headbutted him right in the nuts. Certainly didn't headbutt him in the knee. Uh, Cody gets tossed to the outside, and Avalon hits a tope driving Cody into the barricade. Avalon throws Cody back in. He sets Cody up for something. I don't know what it was, but he blows on a kiss. He goes off the ropes, and Cody hits a crappy Cody Cutter, which is now the new name for it. Crappy Cody Cutter! Cody fires off some running forearms and a power slam. Cody takes off the waist belt, tosses it, or the weight belt, rather, tosses it to the crowd, and then locks Avalon in the dreaded figure four. Somehow, someway, the mighty Peter Avalon, that's a sentence I just said, reverses it, but only for a couple seconds, as Cody turns it back. Avalon takes his cheap shot and slaps Cody in the face. Almost. Almost, because he couldn't really reach because his arms are short. Cody no-sells it and gets ready to slap Avalon, but Avalon covers up with one hand and frantically taps out with the other. Peter Avalon just tapped to the threat of a slap to the face, mm-hmm. not the figure four. Mm-hmm. I have questions. Okay. One, what was the fucking point of that? The whole Two, match or the finish? The whole match. Okay. Two, why the fuck did Peter Avalon go that long with Cody? Three, what the fuck was the point of that? I have answers. We had heard rumors a couple weeks ago that the virus was spreading through both locker rooms. On Virus? Not that virus. Um, and that there there was a little bit of an outbreak a, few, a couple weeks ago, right? The fact that Peter Avalon was in this match, to me, makes me think that normal people on Dynamite weren't available this week. <laughs> That's what I thought. Especially, like, later on, like, we would get other people, too, that would just show up, and I'm just like, oh, man, that must be a COVID outbreak in the locker room. Um, also, like, it's very interesting that they were very, very short on time at the end of the show. <laughs> and you could and you could add it a good five minutes here by just having Cody pin him after the original crossroads. After he promised uh, wherever the fuck that he's going to beat him in under, under a minute. Yep. So. Yeah, let's waste time. You, you're literally scrambling at the end of the show to to hit the three count before the um before the feed goes out and we get the the TNT copyright logo on the side. But you needed to give Peter Avalon and Cody Rhodes like six minutes. Really? Only for for Avalon to tap out to the threat of a slap. So that was a thing. Uh, Because we won't talk about it any other place on this show. Do you think they are going to do something with Cody and Shaq at at Revolution? Even if it's like a face-to-face showdown? Well, yeah, because Shaq is going to do something stupid next week. Hmm. We go to a pre-tape from FTR. They gloat about being ranked number one on rankings that no one cares about. I wrote, JR throws us to FTR, but has no idea why. <laughs> he goes, here's this. I don't know why. Uh, Jurassic... Tell a fabulous jacket. Yes. Fabulous jacket. Fat, yes. Good call. 
Uh, Jurassic Express barge in. Like, who the fuck invited them? Jungle Boy then does all the talking, which is probably for the best if I had to pick through uh, those three people. Um, Jungle Boy says he can beat either one of FTR one-on-one, and Dax Hardcock steps up to the plate and says he'll take him on one-on-one. Luchasaurus says he'll be a ringside to make sure no one gets involved. Dax and Jungle actually shake hands before Jurassic Express Dax, Dax says he doesn't need Cash or Tully to beat Jungle Boy. Yep. At which point Luchasaurus goes, oh, yeah? Well, I'll be there to make sure there's no interference. He just said that they didn't need them. Well, apparently we're not going to have... We cannot have Jungle Boy versus Dax with no one at ringside. Now we just have to have everybody at ringside. And Luchasaurus is going to make sure that nobody interferes. Right. Because he's a big old dinosaur. Did you mention Dax throwing the highball glass? No, I missed... <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Don't tell Hangman. Oh, jeez. Your turn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to do that. Mox is outside. He appears to vomit as he comes in. We go to break. Yeah, I wrote match uh, number three, Mox versus someone after the break. When we return, Moxley's opponent is already in the ring. It's on Frozen Caveman wrestler Nick Camarado. More COVID conspiracy facts. <laughs> Your modern customs frighten and confuse me. <laughs> they jaw at each other. Rick Knox rings the bell and Moxley headbutts Camarado right in the bridge of the nose into the corner for a series of chops. He reverses the whip, but Mox avoids the following, gets a clothesline. Uh, I wrote this very poorly at uh, 1130 last night. Yeah, very uh, vague pronouns here. Sorry. Uh, he hits the ropes and leaps, but gets caught and slammed down. I'm assuming that was Moxley. That's correct. Uh, Dustin and QT are watching from ringside because apparently Nick is a student of theirs. Who cares? Camarado gets a big charging elbow in the corner, and then he slams Mox down hard in the middle of the ring. Backbreaker with a stretch, but Mox breaks that with joint manipulation. Then Mox bites his nose. <laughs> uh, Mox with a series of elbows, then he gets caught with an Ushigoroshi. This gets a two. JR says, what a headline it would be for Mox to return to Dynamite and lose to an unknown guy, to which I say, you're fucking right, JR. Mox with a series of kicks to the chest. Camarado blocks a suplex, but gets Germaned instead. Camarado no-sells a lariat. He picks Mox up, but Mox turns into a sleeper, and he puts the big man down. Your thoughts on the match before the promo? Um, I did like the fact that Mox couldn't beat him um, with the normal physical violent assault that he does, you know. The clothesline, the um, the fucking Death Rider. Oh, I'm sorry. What's it called in AEW? I fucking the fucking I don't know what, the, the uh, double arm DDT. What does he call in AEW? Oh, the paradigm shift. The, that paradigm shift. I'm sorry. I called it the Death the Death Rider because that's what he called it in New Japan. Um, which he's still the U.S. champion of. Anyway. Um, I like that Mox had to change the game because he couldn't match power with this dude, so he had to get him with the wrestling hold. I thought that was cool. Time to change the game. (laughs) That I mentioned that we're both exhausted. Yes. Um, (laughs) But, and I get it that, that Nick Camarado is a, much bigger dude than Mox, but again, it's another match where it's like, why is he getting this much offense? This guy was the world champ for like six months. 
Because it looks like Bruiser Brody in the face. I guess. We get replays. Mox celebrates. He takes the mic and riles up the crowd. We get a close-up of Davian cheering. Mox says anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation and says he, he can't even keep track of his bullet And whose impact, but he doesn't care. Uh, Omega thought he could bring his frat brothers from Nashville to watch his back, but all he did was make it more fun for Moxley. More bodies, bigger, bigger, bra- bigger brawls, more people to destroy. He will climb up the mountain and regain his title. All roads lead through Mox. Not bad. I liked it. I liked the promo. I liked the shot at, at Kenny bringing his brothers from Nashville. Um, and I, I, I look forward to where this goes next since we know where it goes next by the end of the night. But, you know. To Dasha we go. She's with the family next week. For the first time ever, Eddie Kingston will take on Lance Archer one-on-one. She asks Eddie how he'll prepare. He says he doesn't prepare. He just fights. Lance then appears, promises to murder Eddie. They bicker at each other. Eddie promises one-on-one. No family. It's awkward as hell when we go to break. (laughs) You say it's awkward as hell. Sometimes things should be scripted. You say it's awkward as hell. I liked it. I liked that, that, first of all, um, Archer comes charging in there, and he's like, "Run away! That's all you do is run away!" And King- Kingston's like, "Won't look at him." And then they scream at each other. He's like, "You want to yell? You want to yell? Yell at me next week in the ring." And then Archer leaves, and and Kingston says to Roberts, "Control your boy," or something like that. And he's like, "Boy, boy, he's gonna fuck you up next week." You little piece of shit. <laughs> you didn't say those words exactly, but the intent was there. When we return, Alex Marvez accosts Kenny Omega about what happened earlier today at his house. Kenny's annoyed that they were at his house. Kenny asks Don about the bruise on his face. Don says it was a little accident. He, he pretends to not want to throw the bucks under the bus, but then he does. Uh, Marvez reappears out of nowhere, and Don is somehow surprised that they're still there filming. He kicks them out, and we go to the ring for the six-man tag. I'm happy that the we're we're insinuating that the Bucks uh, kicked like double super kicked Marvez. I'm mean, not Marvez, Callis in the face. Do you think they used a fake leg? Here's the thing, Callis is, is a, I don't want to say a trained guy because his training probably ended back in the '90s, but still, Callis can take a bump. I would have rather seen the super kick on camera, my opinion. And then you can show, you know, him with the black eye talking to Kenny later. It looked like burn makeup. It did. It did. But whatever. Uh, was that the uh, end of that? And then we go to match four. Was there something? There was something in between, I thought. Didn't they announce another match or something? No. No? Okay. Match number four. Hardy Party versus Top Flight and Matt Seidel. As the Hardy Party make their way to the ring, we are informed that last night, and this is true because I saw a fucking clip of this, Private Party invaded Impact and beat James Storm and Chris Sabin to earn a shot at the Impact World Tag Team titles and the Good Brothers. Somewhere down the road. Probably at Impact's next pay-per-view, although they don't actually do that anymore. They just call their TV episodes pay-per-views or special events. Also, I'm going to assume that James Storm and Chris Sabin's team name is Beer Guns. Bell rings and Dante Mart. Yes. 
Oh, guns. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Motor City Machine Guns. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, they were still a thing and winning titles, but apparently Alex Shelley's hurt. Sadness. I really like the Motor City Machine Guns. Or politics, depending on who you ask. True. I like the time splitters more, to be honest, but that's something completely different. Okay, bell rings and Dante Martin extends his hand to Mark Quinn for a handshake. Despite Matt Hardy telling him not to, Quinn shakes Dante's hand. Top flight, then drop kick everyone on the heel team one by one, and then face, and then the face team perform a triple leapfrog followed by a spinning heel kick from Seidel to Quinn. Adam, for all those people that are sick of new school wrestling where it's just a bunch of uh, gymnastic spots, this match isn't helping that cause. No. Yeah. Sit down, Cornette. This one's not for you. More flippy offense that ends with Darius attempting a standing moonsault, but missing horribly. <laughs> he caught none of it. And then trying to cover Quinn, but he's not the legal man, so Excalibur points it out that Seidel has to cover Quinn. And JR says, does it really matter? <laughs> you, you know what, Jim? You're right. Fuck, this shit's fake anyway. Why am I watching? I'll just shut it off. What? Can they fire him? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, Al- Ex- Excalibur, come on. Does it really fucking matter? Who gives a shit? Fuck. Can we move on to the next match? <laughs> JR then says I it's a... Gir- ru- I got girls to hit on on Twitter. <laughs> JR then says it's a runaway train out there. In the most annoyed voice possible. Although I will say this, a little bit later, uh, like within a couple minutes, he made a comment about Remsburg. So I guess he was trying to blame the ref for not having control, but I don't know. You don't hear him say that shit during a Cody match. (laughs) Private Party attempt to double-team Seidel, but top flight slide into the ring, and the three faces lock Private Party in a Boston Crab and a half. <laughs> that looks so fucking stupid. Oh god, it was bad. Quinn hits a diving springboard crossbody onto Seidel for a two count. <laughs> I wrote, uh, sorry, I wrote top flight and Seidel end up with a triple Boston Crab on private party. It's dumb. It's true. The Hardy Party are in control as we go to more box in box. Back from break, and Seidel chops at Matt Hardy. Unfortunately, Hardy and Private Party are able to maintain control. Finally, Seidel makes the hot tag by leaping to the corner. It was unnecessary. He didn't need to leap. And then Seidel, um, I'm sorry, he makes the hot tag to Darius Martin. Darius cleans house and hits a standing Spanish fly to Cassidy. And nobody cares because he immediately moved on to the next move. Brother, let it breathe, man. You do a move like that. Let it breathe. No, it's just right to the next spot. Speaking of the next spot, he hits 100 mile per hour Tope Suicida onto Matt Hardy against the barricade. <laughs> that looked fast. Mm-hmm. Private Party attempt the silly string, but it's countered by Dante. JR can't get over the silly string and goes, imagine trying to train to, f- to figure out how to counter a silly string. Jesus, you would think he's in the fucking training sessions. Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy, my, my, 
My JR is starting to sound like Tom Brokaw. Yours is turning into Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because he's more he's way too mean to be Dusty. Maybe NWO Dusty? You haven't gotten there yet. Uh, <laughs> don't look at me like that. When you get there, you can bitch me out all you want, but you'll get there eventually. Uh, let's see here. Matt Hardy gets tagged in and hits a side effect on all three faces. Hardy covers all three men, but everyone kicks out of two. That was dumb. That was fucking dumb. Why is Rensburg even counting? Two of those people aren't even legal. Yeah, but two of them were. Quinn literally dances in front of Seidel before Pele kicking him in the head. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was very upset. (laughs) Quinn does some weird dance thing, then kicks Seidel in the face. Okay. So... This match probably didn't help this this spot because by this point I was already annoyed with, with the amount of nonsensical offense, the amount of just going on to the next spot. But let me try to figure this out. Matt Seidel, been in this business a long time. He stands there and he kind of plays disorientated but not really and then he just waits for Quinn to back kick him in the face was he that mesmerized by Quinn's amazing dance moves probably they weren't that good (sighs) I hated that Dante hits a shaky hurricanrana wasn't good on Quinn for the second rope for a close two count after some chaos, Cassidy hits Dante Martin in the ribs with a fucking chair. All that flippy shit for nothing. Smart uh, Quinn can't believe it, but capitalizes with a shooting star press on Dante and pins him for the win. Your thoughts on this um, frantic match? So now returns with a kick of his own and tags in Dante, but both top flight members come in. They triple team Quinn as Bryce Remsburg does nothing. JR tries to make excuses for this as Top Flight wants to double superplex Quinn. Hardy shoves Darius to the floor and then takes Remsburg, who seems to finally care about illegal men in the ring. <laughs> uh, so they're all heels now? Yay. Who cares? Who fucking cares? Listen, I'm not even disrespecting the athleticism. I understand that Private Party and Top Flight are very athletic. Matt Seidel, very athletic, but... It hasn't. It doesn't land for me. You're doing all these fucking moves within seconds of each other. And I know, like, there's been other stuff that I've enjoyed where it was a similar style, like the Bucks matches. But um, a lot of this was sloppy too. A lot of it, you know, missed or people like missed their target or their or their timing was off. I didn't. Ugh. It's not, not for me. Not not really. I was a little bit surprised at Cassidy taking the chair and hitting um, uh, Matt Seidel on the ribs, but eh, at that point, I guess, why not? After the match to solidify the heel turn, Private Party beat the shit out of Darius and Seidel and then feed them to Hardy for two twists of fates. Who cares? I'm sure Matt Hardy is going to want his cut on that, too. We go to a backstage pre-tape of MJF and Wardlow going into the Inner Circle locker room, which is funny because they're part of the Inner Circle, yet they don't prepare and dress in their locker room. 
Also, the locker room said Chris Jericho. And everyone was in there except, except Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. MJF says if he had it his way, it wouldn't go down like this tonight. But Jericho's our leader, and that's how it's going to go. And so it begins. We talked about this months ago that MJF's going to eventually assume the position of leader of the inner circle. And it sure sounds like we're on that path now. Sammy jumps up and says if he had it his way, a lot of things would be different. And Hagar and X-Lax calm him down and pull him back. MJF then butters up Sammy and says he loves the whole inner circle. And he respects that Sammy speaks his mind. He says, let's just go out there, have the match, finish with the hostility. He pounds fists with X-Lax and Hagar, but Sammy refuses and says, we're not there yet. But they'll get there, and they'll fist, and they'll do it after beating the shit out of Jericho. That is my prediction. Lock it in. Enter legit Layla Hirsch for your one pointless women's match this week. JR feels the need to immediately point out Layla's diminutive height. <clears throat> my first note of this match, shut the fuck up about her height and stop fucking talking about it. The more you point it out, the worse it is. She's only four foot eleven. We see Orange Cassidy in the crowd, and your Spanish announce team of Dasha Nabrantes behind him because Hirsch's opponent is Penelope Ford. Chuck Taylor is in full butler regalia, tuxedo, towel over the arm, etc. They make him hold the ropes open for Penelope and Kip, then Penelope throws her jacket at him. The bell rings, we grapple, Hirsch takes Ford down by the ankle, and they roll around, back to vertical. Ford gets the side headlock, Hirsch backs under the ropes, they break for Ford. I wrote, they break for Ford. No, probably so, or when. I don't know, but Ford kicks her leg out of her leg. That's the point there. Ford tries a handspring, gets caught in a cross arm breaker, but she makes it to the ropes. Hirsch goes after Kip and gets pump kicked and thrown into the barricade. Kip then pretends to fish as we go to box. And I got to leave this, Sal. And I got to leave this. We lose box in the middle of the commercial break. So I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. One thing I want to mention, because it... it I, I'm wondering, though, and I, I, I hear you, but I'm wondering if it's the time slot, because they past a couple weeks, the women's match, you know, the non-important one, is always behind the main event. And I'm like, is that the problem, that at that time they have to go to half commercial and then full commercial? Because if it is, then don't fucking set up the card that way, because it looks like you don't give a shit about your women's division, which... We know, but at the same breath, but at the same breath, you're promoting AEW heels and being like, "Yeah, girls who are fans of wrestling, come watch wrestling. Just don't expect us to care about women's wrestling." When we return, Layla makes her comeback. She gets a series of strikes, catches a kick, and knees forward in the face. Deadlift German, then a face fucker and a double stomp and a two count. Uh, Layla goes to the second rope but gets caught and dropped onto the buckle. She avoids the rolling kick and nails a clothesline. She drags Ford into position, then dives on Kip and Charles instead. Ford nails a pump kick. Kip, uh, kicks, uh, Kip somehow prevents a kick out by lifting up Hirsch's leg, and that's the end of that. Okay. This is one of those points today where I was really tired and I didn't understand what I was watching. So I, was, I had to rewind, or not rewind, you know, I had to go back on the video and try to figure it out. Um, I still don't understand it. Nope. So Kip draped Layla's leg on the rope 
So that's how she got pinned? <laughs> to further emphasize how pointless that was, Miro is immediately in the ring with a microphone to talk to Charles. Oh, and then he immediately tells Layla to get the fuck out of the ring. Yeah. Dude, she's from Russia. You'd think you would like enjoy that. She's not. He wants to take Charles to greater places, but he can only do so if Charles takes the mic, looks at Orange Cassidy in the crowd, and tells him that Miro is his best friend now. <clears throat> Charles does what he's told, because that's the gimmick. JR then makes up the word genuality. <laughs> I was going to say, JR immediately calls out the fact that uh, Chuck didn't mean what he said. Orange leaves as Excalibur insinuates that Chuck is being abused as Miro's butler at home. Yes, he says his wife uses Chuck for as a footstool, and I immediately go to Lana's Instagram to see if there is a picture of that. There was not, for the record. Backstage, the good brothers are beating up Penta. Omega joins in the fun. They choke Penta with an air hose or something. Then Kenny drives the point of his new boot right into Penta's face. We then get a series of random camera shots as commentary tries to explain what we just saw next week. Eddie Kingston faces Lance Archer. Cody responds to Shaq. Dax Harwood takes on Jungle Boy. And the Bucks and the brothers take on the Dark Order. In two weeks at Beach Break, it's the wedding of Penelope and Kip. Britt Baker goes one-on-one with Thunder Rosa. And there will be a number one contendership tag team battle royal. Up next, the main event, the Inner Circle Collide. When we return, the announcement of a Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Of note, the graphic for this tournament, which was just an empty bracket, has the U.S. flag on this side and the Japanese flag on this side. World Cup? Something like that. I don't know how I feel about that, because the WWE twice had the Mae Young Classic set up as what country they were from, and they did that better than anything AEW's going to do. So why, why make the obvious comparison by having that set up that way? Also, NXT's doing a tournament, so we're going to do a tournament. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, fuck it. Why not, right? Who do you think is going to win? I know we don't know who's in it, but if you had to go off the top of your head, who do you think is going to win the tournament? Well, I'd say Brandy, but she's out. Um, Britt? 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 Maybe? Britt? I don't know. If it, if, it, if it finally gets to the title match. Yeah. I don't mind if it's Britt Baker. Um, I just hope it's not Nyla Rose. Yeah. Uh, it's been there, done that. Maybe it's going to be Karma. No, probably not. We'll see. You mean you mean Awesome Kong? Oh yeah, sorry, wrong federation. Um. Oh yeah, the Good Brothers and Kenny beating the shit out of Penta. So Kenny had those very fancy uh, wing-tipped shoes on, right? And he digs the silver part into Penta's eye, and all I could think of was. So Penta's going to look like Rey Mysterio next week? Uh. All right. Main event time. The inner circle explodes. Maxwell Jericho Friedman versus <laughs> versus Sammy Hager versus Proud and Powerful. MJF and Jericho come out first to some god-awful 
mix mash of both their themes put together. It sucks. Mix mash? Mashup? I'm tired. You could say mishmash. That's fine. Mishmash. Yeah, it sucks. Of course, they still they still include the lyrics so Jericho can st- stroke his own ego. Yes, they still include the chorus so everybody can sing along and go nuts. Um, Sammy Hagar makes their way out to Jake Hagar's awful music? That's the same thing I wrote. What the fuck? They couldn't have went with Sammy's music? Why? Just because it says Sammy Guevara. And then during his entrance, during their entrance, we get a Goldman box from Sammy Hagar. They cut off the box before Sammy's finished, so fans can't tell that Hagar has no fucking idea who these people are, save maybe Jericho. I wrote, someone bought them a cameo from Sammy Hagar. (laughs) Jericho and Sammy actually start off, and after a quick, basic wrestling exchange, Jericho slaps Sammy, and Sammy retaliates and punches Jericho in the fucking mouth. Amazing. He clotheslines Jericho over the top rope and then fakes the top rope dive, but instead breakdances in the middle of the ring and poses in the less sex gods pose. This infuriates Jericho, and he gets back in the ring and kicks Sammy in the gut. Wait, Sammy Hagar's not on Cameo? How the fuck did they get that video, then? Because Tony Khan's a bajillionaire? And they called Sammy Hagar and was like, hey, can you make us a video? We'll, we'll wire you 100 grand. And he was like, sweet tequila, you got a deal. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Now I've lost my spot. Okay. He attempts a code breaker, but gets slingshotted into a right hand from Hager. Jericho stops the momentum with an elbow to Sammy and tags out to Santana, and Sammy tags out to Hager. After a little while, proud and powerful double-team Jericho, and we go to even more box. Even though it's main event time, we're still in box. Red Velvet's on cameo. Hopefully for five bucks. Back from box, and we see Jericho. 25. 25 is too much. Back from box, and we see Jericho working on Sammy. Shivani complains that MJF hasn't been in the match yet. At some point, we're going to get Shivani versus MJF in a match, right? (laughs) Proving this was pre-taped, MJF then gets the tag. Uh, But he doesn't stay in for long. As Ortiz and Santana and Guevara do flippy shit to the outside... Tony Schiavone tells us that Tony Khan has just informed him that the main event of Beach Break will be the Bullet Club. No, not the real one. Just Kenny and his fucking lackeys. Versus Mox, Pack, and Phoenix. <gasps> How will Mox and Pack coexist on the same team? They hate each other. I still think that Mox should go and get his other two buddies from that other place, but that's fine. Now back to the match, and Sammy hits MJF with a Poison Rana, and then a Spanish Fly from the Spanish God. This gets a very close near fall. Jericho calls for the bat, and someone tosses him the bat, but Hager sees it and boots Jericho in the face. MJF then goes for the Dynamite Diamond Ring, and Hager clocks him in the mouth. Sammy hits a running shooting star press on Ortiz and goes for the cover, but MJF breaks it up. Soon after, Jericho attempts a lion salt, but the less said about that, the better. He was hitting that move when he was fighting Kenny about a few months ago. I think he even hit it against Jungle Boy back last year. A year ago, he hit that move against Jungle Boy. So, 
a lot of times in football, and people who watch football will understand this. Um, actually, you'll, you'll understand this because you're a baseball fan. People lose uh, the speed off their fastball. They just don't have it anymore, and all of a sudden people just constantly hitting home runs off of them. I feel like Jericho's at that point now. He can't even do his shit anymore. His, his normal fucking greatest hits. He can't do it anymore. So what's the point? Dude, just transition to something else. You can't... You can't do it. <laughs> you ain't got it. All right, Jericho and MJF... Jericho can go fuck himself off. Well, yeah, but I'm just... But also, he sucks in the ring now. Like, worse. Like, he's just... He's just useless. Jericho and MJF hit a double flat line on Sammy, but Sammy gets blind tagged by Ortiz. Santana Ortiz hit Jericho with a double team, but Jericho kicks out at two. Jericho comes out of nowhere with a code breaker to Ortiz. He covers, but only gets two. Hager hits MJF with a Hager bomb. Sammy hits a tope, I'm sorry, a top rope senton, but Jericho kicks out. Sammy hits the burning hammer on Jericho. Is that what it is? Burning hammer, burning GTS, BTS, something like that. Uh, Jericho rolls out of the, the ring. Fe- the feast your eyes? Yes. Sammy tries to hit the feast your eyes on MJF, but accidentally knocks into Wardlow. This allows MJF to roll up Sammy, hold the trunks, and we get the three count as we immediately go off the air. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, good night! If you even, like, sneezed, you would have been like, what the fuck? Pirates of the Caribbean? What What was the finish? Uh, A replay of the Go Big Show. (laughs) What are your thoughts on our main event? I enjoyed that that nobody on commentary could explain what the fuck happened in the finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJF MJF pins Sam and everybody's like, "What the fuck just that? What happened?" If you see what happened, I don't say good night. I enjoyed Sammy Guevara in this match. He's way too talented to not be on Dynamite every week. Why do I have to get TV time for um, fuck fuck waffle over there? Not not just that fuck waffle, but uh, Luther. Um. Fuck wall of old Japanese style. Why do I have to get fucking Luther on my TV, but I can't get more Sammy on my TV? The fuck? Fuck, fuck waffle Box of fuck waffles. Um, what'd you think of Dynamite overall? I'll tell you this, I'm actually looking forward to next week. There's some good matchups. Next week should be good. They added, a, they actually added a couple more. I had that in the in the news. Um, yeah, next week's looking good. Uh, this week was okay. Had its had its good points, had its low points. You know, this 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 week had two major storylines going into it. Will Hangman join the Dark Order, and who out of the Inner Circle will win um, the tag team triple threat match to determine who goes for the tag titles? I and feel, Chuck's a butler. Also, Chuck's a butler. Um, I okay to, to that point too. I feel like they failed on all three of those because the first thing they did was Hangman with the Dark Order. So immediately when he didn't join, I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my mood down. And then Chuck's a Butler in a real Butler outfit. That was kind of sad. Also Penelope Ford versus Layla Hirsch. I think both girls can go, but they don't care. They just want to talk about. It of course, it was supposed to be Nyla versus Layla. Mm. Mm. 
But Nyla had a family member test positive, so. So so is that why Jr. kept bringing up Layla's height, so that because that's what he was going to do if she fought Nyla. <laughs> well, Nyla's six foot two. Layla's only four foot eleven. Uh, Jr., you know she's not in the match anymore, right? Damn, I'm not changing my notes. For fuck's sake, I got girls to hit on on Twitter. In fact, I'm going to send a DM to Dixie Carter right now. Anyway, they're like the same age, right? <laughs> Five is the main you, still got, you still got that panda money. <laughs> as far as the main event, Sammy is obviously enjoyable to watch. MJF is enjoyable to watch. The Inner Circle is enjoyable to watch. The No, I'm sorry. Proud and Powerful are enjoyable to watch. The other two guys, Hager and Jericho... I could do without. I'm good. Oh, Dixie. Oh, Dixie. I don't, I don't, I don't fuck her like Hogan fucked Impact. Oh, fuck. I thought you were going to say, like, Hogan fucked Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, but that's... <laughs> Go ahead. Damn it. You to the news this week. Uh, Jazz wears Jeremy Power announced the lineup for Series 4 of the AEW Unrivaled Action Figure Series. This <laughs> is funny, they're on, maybe they're on Series 4. I have yet to see a figure in stores. Mm. Uh, Santana Ortiz, Matt Hardy, Dustin Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and Sammy Guevara. Don't like all those people, or most of those people already have a figure? It's the first for Santana, Ortiz, and Guevara. Uh, it's also the first AEW figure for Matt Hardy. Uh, but, but yeah, Kenny Omega's already got like three and Dustin's got a few. Mm. Uh, notice what's anything missing? Women? Yeah. Britt Baker took the Twitter to offer her reaction about to not being included in, the, in this action figure lineup, noting her excitement. Uh, she said, LOL, thank God we got another Cody in the works. I was worried. To be fair, so you didn't mention it, Cody it, in that lineup, though. Enjoy your fig fed with uh, Riho and uh, fucking Brandy in your women's division. Cody, you don't have any uh, women in your action figure line. What are you talking about? We have Rio. Um, it, wasn't she Kenny's friend? It doesn't matter. We had Rio. But did you have any others? Yeah, Brandy. Yeah, we're just going to leave now. <laughs> oh, your wife? Uh, last week, I think it was last week, might have been two weeks ago, uh, we talked about uh, plans for a move, uh, but it appears that those plans may have changed. Uh, AEW has reportedly changed plans for a move to Miami and instead will stay in Jacksonville for the foreseeable future. Uh, as we mentioned, the company was considering a move out of Daly's Place for the month of February. Uh, filming several weeks of Dynamite and Dark, uh, as well as Revolution in the, in Miami. However, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net now reports that the company has changed their plans and will remain in Daly's place indefinitely. Uh, the site notes that employees were told in an email on Friday morning that they would be staying in Jacksonville for the uh, foreseeable future. AEW has been running out of Daly's place as their sole venue since the pandemic began, with the exception of those uh, terrible weeks in Georgia. Um yeah, we talked about this. Uh, we mentioned how it would be nice to get a change of scenery. Uh, WWE has been doing good things to to kind of change the views every once in a while, moving from the Performance Center to the Thunderdome and then moving Thunderdome. Uh, 
Um, but uh, so the Tampa Bay Stadium, uh, the, for where the Rays play, yeah. uh, Tropicana Field, I believe. But um, yeah, so first of all, you know, Jr. is like, oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm fucking cold. Oh, I... Don't you people understand? I'm cold. Oh, I should buy another jacket. I need another hoodie now. That's why I need my goddamn hoodie. Somebody just buy me a goddamn hoodie. Um, I mention it every time there's a goddamn AEW shop promo. I don't need a goddamn hoodie. So um, it's a little bit questionable as to why this all of a sudden just went away. And I would assume that it's because they couldn't book the venue for as long as they wanted it. Or, you know, they were they were conflicting plans. Maybe Miami-Dade was like, uh, you know, we need it in the spring for baseball. I don't know. And they were like, well, no, we're going to need it for at least six months. And they were like, go fuck yourself. I don't know. Uh, but it sucks because now we're still stuck with Daly's Place. Ooh, do you think they booked the beach uh, break special event around the fact that they thought they were going to be in Miami? <laughs> Well, we mentioned, we mentioned last time that that was supposed to be in January and got moved to February. Right. Uh, so, maybe. Oof. Welcome to Snow Break. I'm JR. This is Tony Schiavone. It's fucking cold. <laughs> uh, lastly, we mentioned it. Uh, AEW has announced a couple more matches for next week's Dynamite. Uh, announcing uh, today, actually. That uh, Jericho and MJF will face the Varsity Blondes. Oh, God. And Britt Baker will face Shanna. Hmm. It's about time that Britt gets back in the ring. Uh-huh. I think it's been two months since she was actually in the ring. But, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing Britt Baker. Like I said, I think the card looks stronger next week than... It has for for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of enhancement talent on this week's episode. It kind of felt like an old school episode of Superstars. Just saying. Except the squash matches weren't actually squash matches. Yeah, which cost you time on your main event. Good job. <laughs> right, you got anything? Nope. <laughs> All right, that wraps up week 66. Uh- of the AEW Rundown. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network, at Wrestlemania Sal, at Nitromania Pod. Follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the Salzer Effect. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling, Rundown Wrestling at gmail.com, 617-863-6967-61, Rundown 7, leave a voicemail. Um, I don't know what all's in the uh, thing that Troy put together for the plugs that were on Anchor, so this could be extra doubling up on information. You can, you can plug Patreon, though. You can edit out whatever it's whatever if you want to support us monetarily go to patreon.com slash rundown wrestling join for as little as a dollar a month or if you want to make a one-time donation go to uh, paypal.me slash rundown wrestling or ko-fi.com slash rundown wrestling or stitch premium promo code rundown get your first month for free um yeah that's mm-hmm. in the in the interest mm-hmm. of telling any of our our fans that might be new or old um on your other show you have a show called Spot of NXT, and mm. uh, this week you were very excited about the main event on that show, 
And I just wanted to give a quick uh, sh uh, plug because it was a kid versus Walter. Is that correct? Uh, yes. The last, uh, this past Monday's episode from the week before. Yeah, but maybe and that, that was, was the, uh, that was a banger. Apparently, if you will. So uh, I found it enjoyable. I will go back and watch it based on your recommendation. Usually I don't because there's people like the hunt on NXT UK. <laughs> they were only there for a couple for like one vignette this week, thankfully. However, next week, uh, not as in not the episode that aired today, but next week's episode, they're in a elimination tag match that they're not going to fucking win. Anyway, uh, as always, be safe. Stay sane, be kind, wear a mask, social distance. We'll get through this together. And join us next week for another episode. And go buy yourself a chocolate horse. No, not a horse dip. Listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundown wrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.